Assalamu alaikum. This is Samia. And, and this is Shaheen. <laughs> Welcome to the Kalima Book Club, episode number three. We're excited to have you guys on here. We're studying pages 27 to 35 of our book, The Refinement of the Souls. And um, so we thought to do things a little bit differently, to start off with a little bit difference, where we're going to share with you a summary of what to expect that we're going to talk about, well, that the, the author talked about, um, and then we'll go for from there. So Shaheen, do you want to tell everyone the summary of what we discussed? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the first, we have three main topics that we're going to cover, and we have several quotes from each um, from each topic. So the first one we're covering is Close Companions, and um, from the way he talks about it, he, he refers to companions not just as people that we hang out with, but also the things that we occupy ourselves with, um, what are we spending time on, who are we spending time with, and um like what are we attached to right like what are where's our attention going um so all of those things they're part of the close companions category um and the other thing we're going to talk about is repentance so basically what are the signs of repentance of a sincere repentance and what to expect after you have repented and then the third category is unknowing allah right so how do we get to know allah um why does allah give us trials and um how how is our, how are we supposed to be with Allah? Essentially, our relationship with Allah and our attitude towards Him. So those are the three main topics. Yes, inshallah, we have quotes for every topic. We have a bunch of things to share. And we always share all the quotes that we discuss with you in the show notes. So you can address to them. You can actually have them open with you right now. And you can just follow along as we discuss about it if you like. And the link of all that is in the description box below. Um, and to talk about a little bit, so this I felt like this whole book entirely, but these specific sections sometimes really, really like um, I felt was in your face, like I am telling you this, you know, and, and I just had to remember something that I learned not too long ago, that the the earlier tradition, the earlier knowledge tradition, I guess, that the time and the time period and the kind of people, they had to teach according to like a really, really harsh manner. So they would be like breaking you down and then they will build you up from there. And now we're living in a world where um, we kind of get offended easily. And that's, I mean, that's just what it is, right? We can just, and sometimes we're like, oh, take things too personally or something. So now the teaching tradition is a little bit different. But when you're reading books, which are written like hundreds and centuries ago, they're t- teaching according to their tradition. And that is not in a way to say, oh, you are a horrible human being, I need to tell you. But rather, I feel that this is my pers- my opinion that, you know, I mean, he's like, okay, look, this is my lessons. And he's read written several books, right? Quite a few, probably, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. And so they can they combine everything they've learned into short, such like short pages. And I feel like there's a sense of, I am telling you for your own good like i'm not trying to be mean to you but i'm telling you for your own good kind of a thing and so every time that we read these kind of books i think we need to remember that and come at it with this pace of humility and every time you feel like oh my god this guy remember who he is remember where he's coming from and then be like alhamdulillah that we're able to gain benefit from him this way mm-hmm. does that make sense Did yeah I say it right okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think we can move on and talk about um our first thing here Uh, yeah sorry i want to say something so about the point that you just mentioned right Mm -hmm. like you said that the scholars in the past they used to do that which brings to mind a question for me which is what type of people do you think that they were on the receiving end that they were able to take that harsh advice Mm -hmm. and not get offended and not let their ego get in the way versus us 
as a society, like the way we operate, you know? Totally different. That's probably why we have things we have now. <laughs> because of yeah. the kind of people we are. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me personally, I think that they probably had humility when I think about it because mm-hmm. I think they really like they didn't take it as a personal attack on themselves. I think they took it as an attack on their ego. So they were able to differentiate between them and their ego and they were able to view the ego as the enemy. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, it's like we constantly feel attacked because we think they're attacking us as a person because we're not able to make that distinction between who we are and who like like our ego, you know. At the same time, like we have the earliest scholars and I mean, right now I'm in the comfort of my home. I got the fan up, you know, and I have a book in my hands and I can just close it and, and go do whatever I want. But at that time, I, f- I imagine people traveling or going to a specific mm-hmm. place and I don't feel, I don't see them sitting in comfortable spots all the time. And I think yeah. I remember that, you know, in, I don't know when this was, but teachers would be like under the tree teaching, you know, things like that. So you don't have that. So people are going out of their way to seek knowledge and that actually in itself is is a humbling act so you are like okay i'm gonna do this very dedication all that stuff is there and we're you know sitting on our sofas and reading this it's a whole different it's a whole different experience yeah yeah and i like that point you mentioned about how like they break you down to build you up mm-hmm. and i think that i think that that expectation was there from both student and teacher like mm-hmm. the student kind of probably went there with the intention of okay he's gonna break me down and i'm gonna allow him to because i'm gonna emerge a better person so i think there was like that agreement between teacher and student whereas now people would be like oh who does this teacher think he is yeah. talking to me like that or something you know like yeah I can totally like, imagine this <laughs> yeah. I don't like the way he talks he thinks he's yeah. better than anyone like like that's what I expect them to say but like you know it was really cool I totally forgot the point that I was going to make here but yes to what oh. you just said sorry <laughs> no no it's fine um it's just something of, of that nature but we'll move on inshallah so okay. should we talk about the quote of the day um, yes, sure. Yes, quote of the day is, I'm really excited about this. If you wanted to journey to Allah, you would have tied your belt. So where is your aspiration? On page 29. And Shaheen, you had a point to say about this one. Did um, I? Yes, say it, say it, say it. There's a reason why we wanted to choose this one today. Oh, yeah, I think it was, yeah, I, I found it. It was the, basically I was saying that this book is kind of like in your face, right? He doesn't really like um, take any shortcuts. So I think it's kind of like a wake-up call like he's almost asking you like where is your aspiration like are you even serious about this it's almost like he's kind of shaking you as a teacher and he's like are you serious about this or have you just been sleeping in class you know like like are you really do you you just say that you want to change or do you really want to change like i think that's the idea behind it yeah and and something that you shared is that we've been sharing very happy go lucky quotes recently um since the beginning of this and this was a little bit in your face one like hey so I'm glad you're interested, but what are you doing about it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Like, have you, have you embarked on your own journey yet? Have you have you begun have you, have you begun the journey? <laughs> yes, it's time to get to work and tie your belt. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So let's go to the uh, first topic, which is closing uh, close companions, is what we're calling it. And this is the first quote that we- it is: How much humiliation have you suffered at the doors of creation, and how much have they humiliated you? Yet you still do not return to your master. It's on page 27. Yeah. So this is how we open up this thing where this concept of 
we, this is obviously talking about close companionship, but then talking about how that you've looked everywhere in your life. How many times, I mean, seriously, how many times can you say that we'd be disappointed by some person, disappointed by country, the governments, politics, whatever? It's, I feel at times it's constant. Like, unless, mm-hmm. we, unless we're, like, expect it. If you don't expect it, then it's a constant disappointment one after another, and it can really break a person down, like, mm-hmm. in a bad way. I mean, it can be really, like, I don't trust anyone, and that happens. I don't trust anyone in this, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not disparaging that because I feel personal experiences are personal experiences, but we mm-hmm. cannot, when we turn to Allah, it doesn't exist. There is no disappointment. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, like, a reality of it, and this is one of the reasons why I really love this quote. Yeah, what this quote reminded me of is like um, something Ustada Yasmin Mujahid always talks about, which was um, she she says that she gives the example of like a tree branch, and if you hold on to a tree branch and you expect it to hold up your weight, you're gonna fall. And that's what people do; they put all their expectations onto other people mm. who are just as weak and just as needy as them, and they expect them to hold them up. And then when they fall, they blame they blame the branch, like they blame the person, right? Yeah. But like what she always says that your, your your emotional dependencies and like your ultimate dependent dependencies if you were to place them on Allah the way you should then you wouldn't be constantly disappointed and you know humiliated at the doors of creation i really like the imagery you said about on the branches because i used to have chickens and i can just imagine that so sometimes they would like fight each other and they get on top mm-hmm. of each other right it was like a really weird yeah. scene and mm-hmm. i mean they're just buckled and bending right it's really uncomfortable at that point but then if yeah. they were sitting on a branch which looks to be that would be like heavier or even weaker than a chicken in that case mm-hmm. but it holds them yeah. up really well it just they're just sitting there and chilling you know yeah so that's really weird like you know people that are just like you are not able to handle what you know and you need to seek it elsewhere and that in this case is Allah yeah yeah um the second quote that we wanted to share with you is on page 27 as well and it is he has ordained you he has ordained for you health and sickness affluence and poverty happiness and sadness so that you may come to know him by his attributes do you want to say something about this one? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's talking about like the reason why Allah gives us problems is so that we can know Him. Um, I think this is part of a later section actually, but I think we put it in both sections. Mm. So um, yeah, to me that's what it's about. Like uh, it's about knowing Allah and like He wants us to get to know Him and He wants us to seek Him, so that He gives us problems so that so that we can get to know who He is. I but I also like in this one He is not only talking about problem sickness poverty and sadness he -hmm. talks about health and affluence and happiness like even the good things and the bad things everything and i feel like this is he's you know he's like allah has ordained for you both of those things not only one things and sometimes i think there is this idea that if a person is is super happy i i'm finding this recently in a current um, not necessarily Islamic understanding, but I've mm-hmm. found it in our current Western understanding. And I didn't mm-hmm. know how real that was until mm-hmm. something happened recently where this idea that if a person has been given everything, uh, they're at ease from what we can see, mm-hmm. then Allah yeah. has blessed them. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so if I don't have a Tesla or if I don't have like a mm-hmm. mansion, that means Allah has not blessed me. 
But yeah, that's yeah. just not even true because he's saying both of those things are so that you may get to know him. That's like yeah. both of those things are there for that. So even if I'm living in a small little place, it is still a way for me to get to know Allah. I need, that's really a pretty obvious point, but I just didn't know how much it was in a non-Muslim understanding. And I'm like, if anyone is thinking that way, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think it's very obvious because when I when I first learned about that point as well from from one of these lectures, I, I it was eye-opening for me because um, I think we do tend to think that if Allah has blessed somebody, that he loves them more. I think mm. it's a very human reaction, but I think it's only with knowledge that you come to realize that that's not the case. I, you know, years ago, I used to talk to somebody and she mentioned something like this to me. She was going through a lot of things in life. And she mentioned, oh, you know, I'm being punished. I'm just being punished. I'm just, that was this idea. And I didn't know enough then. But even then, I was like, mm-hmm. I am sure this is not, mm-hmm. Allah doesn't punish a person like that, you know, like a believer like that. Like he doesn't punish a person to, to the point where they just break down, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a means for you to get to know him as well. And that is just the the. Uh, the portion of things that Allah has ordained for you and mm-hmm. that changes day by day like yeah. literally like there's a state of happiness and sadness it goes like this one time you're happy one time you're sad so so we just have to remember that even if you're living in hardship doesn't mean that Allah is punishing you or doing something horrible for you but that it is a test and you can get to know him through that and do what you have to do to get out of that situation because you're not supposed to wallow in it unless that you don't have any other choice mm-hmm. right yeah yeah I agree and that point you mentioned about how like that person, like you said, Allah wouldn't punish a believer in that way. I think that person's morale would also be really broken if they believe that Allah's punishing them, right? Which I think, which is why I think it's so awesome that the Prophet said the opposite of that. He said, if whoever Allah loves, he tests him, mm. you know, or her. So it's like, because I, th- I feel like sometimes also people might use that as a weapon. Like if somebody's going through problem after problem after problem, they might be like, oh, you know, maybe Allah doesn't love you, you know, s- spiritual abuse, emotional abuse. They might be like, oh, you're going through this because you were like this, or you're going through this because you deserve it. Mm. You know, because there's all kinds of horrible people in the world who say that kind of stuff. And the person who's going through it, if they don't know any better, they might actually take those words to heart and it might just completely demoralize them, you know? And I think that's why learning and like knowledge is so powerful because it empowers you and you you get to know that, no, it's not like, Allah doesn't actually hate me. You know, maybe he's just raising my ranks through this, mm-hmm. through this hardship. Actually, what you just mentioned has been really prevalent in relationship abuse, right? Relationship spiritual abuse. I've heard mm-hmm. that being used by the in-laws sometimes, um, mm-hmm. uh, where the woman is there with the in-laws and they're just subjugating that woman to something because, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, and sometimes, God forbid, it's even if a woman has a miscarriage or something and they're like, oh, you did this because it is, you know, you're a horrible person. And I'm like, you know, if, if she knows at that point, like how wrong that is, like you, those things just go over your head like water. Cause you're like, you know what you're, and then you actually in turn begin to feel bad about that person is abusing you. You're like, you are yeah. so, this is such a sad state you were in that you're living in this delusion you've created for yourself. In fact, Allah is, is giving me this instead, you know? So that's yeah. like a, it's part, it's, it's empowering. Knowledge is really empowering. Yeah. If you have people like this around you, no one's making you stay. That's all I'm going to say. No one's making you stay. You have a choice and you can do it. I have full faith in you, inshallah. Um, let's yeah. go to the third point then. Uh, the third quote that we have under this. And it is, only someone who is unaware of Allah's punishment will disobey him. And only someone who is unaware of Allah's reward will fail to obey him. That is on page 28. Mm-hmm. Should I say something or do you want to start with this one? 
you can go ahead. <laughs> this is kind of very, I feel it's very also a little bit simplistic, but very powerful mm-hmm. as well. That if you mm-hmm. are, the only reason why you will disobey Allah is because you are unaware of his punishment. And the only way that mm-hmm. you fail to obey him because you are unaware of his love and reward for you. So if you mm-hmm. find yourself, and I'm saying that to myself as well, like if, if we find ourselves being in a state of disobedience, then mm-hmm. we have not done our due diligence to knowing who Allah is. Mm-hmm. And if we are feeling like, oh, I don't want to do this good deed, then again, we have not done our due diligence. So in the end, it is all up to, if I want to get out of that state, which I am finding mm-hmm. myself in that, I want to get out of it or into some a better state, then the only way is I need to go mm-hmm. and learn all about Allah and just get to know yeah. Him. And that would help me get to the point. Yeah, yeah. Anything else to add for this one? Um, yeah, I did want to add that, like, I think because we we are in, ultimately going to fall into sin, right? So I think mm-hmm. the word unaware, again, I wish I knew the Arabic here, the, the word that they use, because he didn't say ignorant, right? He, he didn't say only someone who's ignorant of Allah's punishment will disobey him. Mm-hmm. He says someone who's unaware. So I think because every Muslim on a basic level knows that Allah punishes and rewards, you know, and every every, every Muslim knows that. But I think it's about how aware are you on a daily basis? How much, like how, how conscious are you of Allah in that moment that will allow you to go and disobey him or, you know, make make you stop yourself, basically. So I think that was a very interesting word choice over there. The the book that I'm currently reading by Imam Sulami, I mentioned to you earlier, that yeah. he actually talks about a delusion of a person who is standing in front of the door of Allah, that that's how the mm-hmm. imagery is. That you're standing mm-hmm. and you're knocking at the door and Allah's mercy and stuff, mm-hmm. but then you're so full of sin and you're still knocking like, oh yeah, I'm going to be fine. You know, yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. going to be totally fine. I'm going to yeah. die and go to Jannah. So this yeah. idea of unawareness and knowingness is just that. Like, don't live in that delusion that, oh yeah, I am so seeped into disobedience and yet here I am that saying, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. It's just, a, it's just a small, like, you know, making a, a, a small matter of something that is really big. Because we, mm-hmm. we see that a lot as well. It's like, oh, no big deal. It's only this. You know, it's like, come yeah. it's not like I'm killing people. It's like, I, I admit you're right, but don't compare yeah. yourself to murder. Like, yeah. anything is better than that. Then like, Exactly. Exactly. You're going to be fine either way if the murder is just standard, basically. Exactly. <laughs> okay, should we go to the next one? Yes. yes. All right. The next quote is on page 28 as well. And it says, if you accompany those engrossed with this world, they shall attract you towards it. Yet, if you accompany those engrossed with the hereafter, they shall attract you towards Allah. This is like the crux of close companions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about Definitely. it, Jenny. I think you want to say something for this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really passionate about this topic. I yes. think that's why it's just... Um, like, I, I think it's just kind of like, like you are who, who the company that you keep, you know, it's like, I think we underestimate the amount of like the, the type of company that we have. Like, we think that if we go on this journey of like, you know, self-rectification and purification, that we will be able to um, just manage and it doesn't really matter the environment that we're in. It doesn't really matter who we're hanging around. But that's not possible because we're going to get influenced naturally, right? Like the people around us, the things that are talking about, the things they're aspiring towards, their goals, they are going to rub off on us. And we're not going to, you know, have that same motivation to, you know, work for the hereafter if if the people that we're surrounded with are not like hereafter oriented. So I think think it's it's just about the, the power of influence, I think. 
that we have to think about. And that's not only concerned with, with Muslims, that's something that they talk about all the time, that the influence mm-hmm. that you're around with, the peer pressure, as they say, when you're younger, and all that mm-hmm. stuff really does matter. And I just like what he said, that if you accompany those who are engrossed with this world, and they will mm-hmm. attract you towards it, if the only thing they care about is this world, then mm-hmm. in the end, you know, it's kind of like, it's time for prayer, and then it's your friends, and it's like, oh, you know, the movie starts in 10 minutes. You're like, well, I don't mm-hmm. know. I want to pray first. I don't want to watch the movie. I understand that the movie's in the theater mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so it really is, it, you need to be with people. They're like, okay, we'll watch, uh, we'll catch the next show or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that example you mentioned because it's like a real life example that actually happens. Like, I, like have you found yourself in like two different scenarios where sometimes the people that you're with, like you might, like, like for prayer, for example, right? Like, alhamdulillah, we're going to keep on top of our prayers. But let's say the people that you're with are not really like making salah priority. Then you feel even a little bit awkward. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're doing the right thing, but you feel awkward walking away from that gathering. And you're the only one who's praying or you're the only one reminding everybody. And it gets really like... There's like this type of tension there. And then, you know, they might be like, oh, like this you're person is just, us. you know, adding yeah. an inconvenience. And but then when you're with the mm-hmm. other group of people who mm-hmm. are like, you know, mashallah, like minded people who are like, no, prayer is a priority. Like no matter what happens, like you feel so much more at ease. Right. And mm-hmm. you just feel like, oh, like, thank God, you know, like you're kind of just you take a sigh of relief and you're like, yeah, let's all pray together. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do this. And I, I feel like those there's such a difference between those two scenarios. There is. And, and that's really important because if you're feeling that way that, you know, constantly all the time uh, on the first scenario, then then know that you have to make a change. Right. Like if it's a mm-hmm. constant thing, you're like, you know what? I kind of want to be around people who don't find this as an inconvenience, who, who are living yeah. this and they don't really mind that. And mm-hmm. make that. And I've been around people, um, you know, earlier in life. I think all both of us probably at one mm-hmm. point didn't really care about our faith, and unfortunately, that's just the way it goes for a lot of us. Um, and yeah, I have made those kind of been in those kind of scenarios, and I felt that difference, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I wouldn't imagine myself talking the way or doing this or you know just thinking that way, if mm-hmm. I was in more of a nurturing environment where where Allah was the focus yeah. or. Uh, he was, and then then my thought process, everything would have been so much different. And I think about that a lot in, at this point in my life sometimes. Yeah. So moving on yeah. from from there, um, I think uh, the next quote that we share is a little bit um, connected to this. For whomever, whomsoever Allah does not will his betterment, then worse are fatigued in trying to convince him. There was like a, when I first read this, I had like a question mark there. I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, words are for me. <laughs> it kind of feels to me, and you can correct me on this one, because I think I was a little bit confused. Um, mm-hmm. The words are fatigued in trying to convince them. Kind of like, like, nothing can happen unless it's Allah's will. Is this what this is all about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's, what I, that's what I think. Yeah, definitely. So, and then, so basically what you want then is is to be in a place where Allah wills the betterment for you. You want to be in that place. And if yeah. you're finding that, and I see that as a warning to me as well, that sometimes if I'm listening to something good or watching something good and it's like kind of like annoying me or I'm feeling tired or suddenly like I can watch a movie for four hours but I cannot watch this for like half an hour, it mm-hmm. means that I have something that is not good. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not reaching towards Allah that I should be reaching towards. I should be able to watch this as just with the same amount of, at least the same amount of enthusiasm as I would watch a movie kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I mm-hmm. see that in that way as well. Exactly. 
Do you want to add? I mean, I feel like there was something I... Sorry, what are you saying? No, no, I was going to ask you to add something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was actually going to... um Like, there was there was something I wanted to share, but I was going to actually share it in the repentance section. Okay. Um, but now I feel like it's relevant here. All right, go for and it. That, that was the point of, like... Basically, like, he's saying that whoever Allah does not will his betterments, then, you know, your words are fatigued. So he's talking about somebody else, but I feel like you can apply that to yourself as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's basically trying to say that if the person doesn't have the, um, like, the, the, the true intention, right? Because Allah is the only one who has our intention, then it's no matter what you do, it's not going to benefit him. Same thing with us. Like, let's say we are telling ourselves even that yeah, we want to change, we're taking all these classes, we're listening to lectures, and we're like, oh, nothing's happening. Because I feel like I hear that a lot. Like, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to therapy, but I'm not changing. You know, I have a, you know, I'm going to the sheikh, and I'm getting advice, but I'm not becoming a better person. You know, I took all these classes, but like, nothing's happening for me. And then they start to get discouraged, and they start to like, either blame the process, or just be like, maybe Allah just just doesn't want it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that whole idea, like, a couple of years ago, I read this article, by author Um Zakia, mm-hmm. and it was called I Don't Want Forgiveness. And I was like, whoa, what a, what? like, what an intense, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, what an intense title, right? So yeah. I click on it, and it, she, was, she was sharing a story without mentioning any names about a sister who kind of like was talking about the hijab, and she was talking about how much she struggles with it and how much she wants to wear it and how much it's just not happening for her. Mm-hmm. And she asked her a question, I think it was like, but do you really want to wear it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And like she kind of used that example to, kind of um, just expand into this whole idea that whatever you're claiming to want to do for Allah, do you really want that? And it was like, it was a very powerful article because it stayed with me forever. I was like, it, it, it just teaches you to like question yourself on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Like, like because like it's, it's kind of like how much, like how deep does your convic- conviction really go? And how much are you willing to sacrifice to get to that level that you say you want to get to. Wow. So like if your if your intention is is where it needs to be, then you won't find that obstacle. Exactly. And I feel like sometimes people blame the means, but I don't think it's the means that are to blame. I think it's us, right? I think it's our intention because you can have the best of the best giving dawah to you. Mm-hmm. Like the Prophet gave dawah, right? But there were still people who didn't believe because they never had the intention to believe. And then there's people who find Islam and like like anywhere, you know, like they just they just find Islam on the streets. Like, you know, we hear of those gang members who become Muslim in jail or, mm-hmm. you know, just like people who find Islam in unlikely places, maybe because their search for the truth was so strong that Allah's like, you know what, you deserve guidance. Like, I'm going to give it to you. I love that. Yeah, it's like, how much are we willing to? How much are we willing to really want it? If Do we want it bad enough? Exactly. What are we going to do for that? And eventually, I think uh, later on, we'll talk about how if we want it bad enough, then it does become easy eventually. It does yeah. become easy. Inshallah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, the next quote I want to share with you is on page 30. And it says, Be with Allah like a child is with his mother. Whenever his mother pushes him away because of the child's own bad behavior, he throws himself all over her because he knows that there is no one else to turn to. I just imagine this. This was like a scene where I, I've seen it over and over. And I know all, many of us have seen that. Like it's like mm-hmm. the mom is yelling at the, at the kid because he's just being or she's just being out of hand. And then it's like, ah, and it turns back and right on the mom. And I'm like, yeah. you know, she was just <laughs> slapping you like a minute ago. Yeah. And then here you are. And it's yeah. so amazing, right? Like this is who Allah yeah. is for us. And he's not like he's not stopping us. Um, but mm-hmm. he's kind of like, I feel like sometimes we feel shaken. 
It's like, hey,、yeah. hello, you know, what are you doing? You know, this is a reminder for you. Come back.、Yeah. I feel like this is the kind of the feeling attached to that. Exactly. Exactly. Because even if there is that, you know, shaking of, the, of, the, of us, it's not coming from, from a, like we talked about earlier, punishment thing. It's coming from a place、yeah. of come back. This is something that's better for you. This is something like, like don't. Um, don't put your fingers in electrical t h i n g you know? Like, don't do that. It's kind of like that to me. Yeah. So I really like this quote.、Mm-hmm. I find that I'm reading all the quotes. So, Shaheen, you can read the next few ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay.、Um, the next one is Your value is that of which, with, you, with which you are occupied. Thus, if you are occupied with this world, then you have no value because the world is like a worthless carcass. And. Yeah, I believe he based that on a hadith because I think Prasad said at some point that the world was like a carcass. But it's really interesting because he said, You're worth, <laughs> I don't know if it's like one of those in your face quotes, right?、Yes. It kind of makes you question yourself, like, Oh my God, like, what am I occupied with? And like, what does that say about me? It makes you question yourself immediately. Like, the, literally everything in this world is going to perish. And what he's talking about, carcass means a carcass is something that's already dead. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that reality check that, you know, what you're really concerned with right now is actually worthless.、Mm-hmm. Like everything、mm-hmm. is superbly worthless. It's not even matter. Yeah. So I feel that、exactly. way too. It's like, oh, yeah, it is. And you think about what a carcass is it's something that stinks, something that smells, something that doesn't look nice.、Mm-hmm. People are like, oh,、mm-hmm. you go up to it and you see all the things. And, and there's something, and if that's the attitude that we can have for worldly things. Um, and obviously, we can make worldly things turn into something that is beneficial as well. By just、mm-hmm. talking about the one who is just seeking the world just for the sake of seeking the world.、Mm-hmm. And it's、yeah. like, it's not. And there's some things you cannot turn into good. Like, if you're going to, the, to go to the bar and drinking, you can't really turn that into any good. Like, there's just、yeah. nothing, right? Those things、yeah. would be like, yeah, that's done for. Exactly. Or、yeah. some, someone who's so obsessed with money, for example, and they just go into riba. You know, like, there's, there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. Like,、yeah. you're just. Yeah. <laughs> What is bad is clearly bad. And there was,、uh, I, I was watching something like a little documentary thing on TV yesterday. And,、mm-hmm. and the guy was talking about investing into a very,、uh, it was like a little clip of a person on a YouTube video, a documentary of some other thing. And、mm-hmm. he was talking about investing into a company which is doing a lot of harm. And he was like, oh, it's a necessary evil, you know, necessary evil. So I don't have a problem investing into it. <laughs> And I was like, what? Really necessary? Is it really necessary evil? Is there such a thing as necessary evil? I don't think so. Evil is evil. And、mm-hmm. I think that's what he's saying. It is bad. It's useless. Don't get involved、mm-hmm. into that because. Yeah.、Um, oh, there was a, a movie, actually. I know.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it was with Leonardo DiCaprio, and、mm-hmm. he had to survive in the wilderness. And eventually, he came to a point where he was going to be attacked by something. He、mm-hmm. buries himself into a horse. Which somehow died or he killed, I don't remember. But he had to like put himself in there. And、mm-hmm. oh, because it was really cold, so he had to survive. And he、uh-huh. put himself in the body of a horse to stay warm、uh-huh. for the night. And, and you hear about the, you know, the,、um, what are those guys?、Uh, zombies, right? It's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the way to survive them is if you put all this grossness so they don't smell you, right? Yeah. And so yeah. those kind of things, it's like, do you really want to do that? <laughs> do you really that's want really it? That's really interesting.、Yeah. That's really interesting. Where, where, can, you, can you keep going with that point? I'm really interested to know more. About the smearing of the carcass yeah, in yeah, this case.、Yeah. Like, do you want to, if the way to survive, you, you seem to be like, okay, the way to survive is for me to completely indulge myself in it, is it really worth it? Because now you're walking around with filth on yourself and you're smelling like those who are around you. 
Wow, yeah, you're so right. So you're basically saying that in, the people say that in order to survive, we have to do the necessary evil. Like we have to basically. Okay, okay. So, but 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 it's not necessary because, yeah, because you don't have to do that in order to survive, right? Yeah. Like as Muslims, we don't we don't have to do that to survive. We don't have to like stoop that low. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. For example, like we think about the Holocaust and we think about the mm-hmm. SS guards and stuff. And later yeah. on, they were like, "Oh, it was the law. We just told what we were given to do. We just had to do what we had to do. If we had to." F- shoot 60 people in front of you oh yeah sure we were told that and they would call that a necessary evil right mm-hmm. and you're like is it really though yeah you know i'd rather i'd rather be like yeah i ain't doing this and be shot and killed rather than kill mm-hmm. all these innocent people right and so that yeah. that kind yeah. of a concept like how dirty how gross am i willing to become in order to just be i don't know ex- accepted in some scenarios yeah yeah that's a really that's a really powerful point yeah yeah the word caracas is amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so yeah. we have another code, actually. And for some reason, we don't have the page number for it. But inshallah, if, <laughs> if you can find it, uh, that would be good. Because I know there's some some those who listen to us in the podcast. And we don't have the page number. Uh, but let me let me read the quote then. Um, Shaheen, do you want to look for it while I read it? Maybe we can find it oh, after page three. The number? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, so the quote is, so seek guidance and steadfastness, excuse me, seek guidance and steadfastness from him, which is for you to be with Allah under all circumstances in a state which he has pleased for you, and that is conforming with what the Prophet conveyed from Allah. If you don't find it, that's okay. We'll just have it. It's page, um, it starts on the bottom of page 30 and goes down to 31. There you go. Yes. So, um, page 30. To see guidance and steadfastness with him, which is for you. I feel like this quote kind of combines those two very important things together. And that is mm-hmm. do something. Basically, it's like, so how do I do the good? How do I find out what is the good? And he's like, do that which is pleasing for him and that conforms to the Prophet ﷺ that he can read from Allah. Like everything oh. good that you do is coming together and meeting in that point. And mm-hmm. I think we really need to remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's shifting our attention from having to do everything ourselves, and also feeling overwhelmed. Like, oh, how how am I gonna do all of this? How am I gonna carry this? And it's kind of like he's like, here you go. You don't have to carry the way. Allah will help you. You know, like just seek His guidance and help, and He's gonna guide you along the way, and just follow the sunnah, and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes like reading all those things can become really overwhelming because you're like, well, I'm not that kind of a person. You know, I can't do mm-hmm. all of this. And what He's saying is, just start on that path. Just seek the guidance, mm-hmm. ask yeah. Allah to help you, and just start doing things little by little, which will help mm-hmm. you help you get there. And an interesting thing I learned in the class that I'm taking with Imam Sulami, that's what he also mentioned in there. He's like, Allah mm-hmm. has, everyone has created, like you are definitely capable of good. Like inherently you have, some people are like, oh, I'm not meant for this, right? That you see that, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not really meant to be a person who prays all the time. Yeah, I'm not really meant to be a person who does dicker or etc. But it's like you are, mm-hmm. like definitely you are. Allah has created you to be. So you just have to mm-hmm. just seek it and just, just work towards that. And remember the, mm-hmm. the sunnah and, and Allah's guidance and you will find yourself there inshallah. Mm-hmm. Shaheen, you have a, a Surah Kahf quote here. Please talk about that. All that, yeah. I, I kind of put that there because I was having reflections while I was reading yeah. all the quotes that we compiled here because it, it relates specifically to the idea of, I mean, the idea of close companionship or good companionship. And I put this here because um, I was I was taking a class and they mentioned this, this ayah in there and it was basically like a, it was almost like a blueprint that Allah gives 
for the people, for the seekers, basically, the ones who want to rectify themselves. And he says, keep yourself patient um, uh, with those who call upon their Lord in the morning and evening. So basically, the, those who remember Allah and their everyday life. So keep yourself patient. And the reason why the word patient was being used here is because it's not easy always to remain with people who are akhira oriented. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you might find them boring, especially if you're coming from a life of carelessness or heedlessness or you're coming from a life of very dunya oriented lifestyle and you're making the intention to come towards religion then you're kind of going to be like oh this is not for me or you know like this is a little bit boring you know these people are they don't like to have any fun you know like you might get the wrong, wrong idea about them mm. so Allah's already telling you ahead of time like hey be patient while you're being with them in their company and they're seeking his countenance like their only goal is to seek Allah's pleasure and and then he says don't let your eyes pass beyond them like like don't don't ignore them don't overlook them like really see them for who they are and like you're gonna you're gonna get that benefit right and like and then Allah adds that you know bit about like desire like don't basically desire the dunya and don't obey the people who don't remember me like so you know a lot of times like we we might be taking advice from people or following their advice like and like we follow so many people on social media for example but do we know where their advice is coming from do we know what type of life are they living? Do we know um, if they're really being true to what they're saying? Do we know if their knowledge is sound? You know, like all those kinds of things. And like, obviously we can't we can't judge somebody's heart, like, you know, how much they remember Allah. But I think it kind of, I think you can, you can tell somebody's state of heart by their outward actions to a certain extent. So if there's somebody who's presenting themselves in a way that is like completely un-Islamic, then those are not the people that we should be, you know, getting our advice from or looking to as an inspiration. And I feel like young people especially, you know, like they, they, they mistakenly take the wrong people as role models. You know, the more popular someone is, mm -hmm. they'll just take them as a role model. Whereas the only, um, the only way we should be deterred, the only determining factor I feel is that how closely do they try to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet that is a really, really good point. And talking about like who you're following in social media, there was this instance where I had in one of the random Facebook groups where you know it's like, okay, hey, this person has a very nice sounding, you know, name and whatever, yeah. but their advice yeah. was really like, you know, it really, I mean, I don't want to mention anything about it, but it was really like, what is wrong with them? And I had to comment, I'm like, we don't take our theme from Facebook posts because people were being like, oh, really? Like, you know, like, oh, really? I'm like, dude, what, what? No, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you know, know who this person is and I would mm -hmm. have to say that you know we, we always talk about outward appearances that's not really that important and and I just want to say that if I'm taking advice from a person and obviously I mean, just just looking at it from the upper perspective it would have an impact so if there is a person for me like I really want to look up to a sister I want to know more about her I want to be like okay, what is her perspective if she's mm -hmm. I mean on Instagram we have sorts of things and if she's like in bikinis all the time, right? Like I'm not gonna mm -hmm. seek my spirituality from her. But if there is, exactly. a, but if there's a person who's more modest and who's like even trying to, okay, I will put them in a to be considered category, and then I will exactly. further research that. Exactly, and it's not because the covered one. This goes, this goes without saying, but I think yes. we should still say it. it's not mm -hmm. because the other one is better or worse. It's just because um, you see a struggle there. Like even if maybe maybe a sister doesn't cover properly, but if she's trying, there's a struggle there. But if someone's living a life completely the opposite of what we're trying to implement doesn't make any sense to follow them. And it's really important too because we should not be seeking our religion from social media. Like I think it's so important to say that because so many people are and it's like constantly seeking it. I'm like, okay, where did you learn this from? Oh, this blogger or this whatever. I'm like, please don't, 
you know like don't do that yeah and and, and i mean on my social media like i don't i don't i'm not talking about akida and like oh this is what you need to believe in because i'm not qualified for that and mm-hmm. if you are following someone like that just make sure they are qualified like you have to do mm-hmm. your due diligence for sure and i just love yeah. the the imagery and this is was this uh ir 28 of sorekaha by the way and i love the imagery where and let not your eyes pass beyond them desiring it's kind of like they're in front of you and they're like telling you and then you're like oh yeah but that's prettier like you literally have exactly. to go like this to see that exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. wow like it's a it's a physical act and a mental act to be looking at the worldly life exactly that's how i see that and like you know one of the reasons why we also read to like is because um like on friday we're gonna have like we have a light from one friday to the next mm-hmm. right and like it's the light of guidance and it's subhanallah it's it's so amazing how this ayah is in that surah because good company is like light right good mm-hmm. company it guides you and it and it it tells you like it, it it gives you perspective that's what light does and it just kind of takes away the darkness and you know and to- I just I, I love that I love that connection between light because you know yeah I love that too because you do take it over to the hereafter as well when we're going to be on the sirat and you know yeah. there's a light coming and that light is going to people with light and people without light so that concept of light takes us over from this world into the next and that yeah. is so powerful that's beautiful yeah. and light is yeah. beautiful subhanallah yeah but this was our end of the section for close companions uh, we're going to mm-hmm. go to the next one and the next ones uh go a little bit shorter so this one was where we had the most meat in this in this one yeah and the quote for repentance is if you find acts of disobedience and worship burdensome and do not find any sweetness in your heart for them while acts of disobedience are made easy for you and you find in them sweetness then know that you are not genuine in your repentance if the root is healthy, then the fruit will also be healthy. And that is on page 27. Shaheen, you want to say something about this one? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I would just, let me just, let me just read over it real quick. Yes, yeah, so I think, I think the ending of the quote, I'll start from there. It says, if the root is healthy, then the fruit will also be healthy. This kind of goes right along with the hadith where the Prophet says if the heart is sound then the rest of the body will be sound mm-hmm. and if the heart is corrupt then the rest of the body will be corrupt and I think it's the same exact idea um like I think for somebody he said he said sincere repentance though like like true repentance mm-hmm. so like somebody will be like oh but how do I know that my repentance wasn't genuine and he's giving you an indicator so I yeah. think that's why I love this quote because it's kind of like um I need a note here let me see it's kind of like a way to measure your um the quality of your repentance and a way to measure your progress like okay you've you've you've, you've repented to allah but now when you're doing your good deeds are you finding that sweetness mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that it's going to be there immediately maybe it's going to take some time but if it consistently happens that you're still not enjoying your prayer you're still not enjoying reading quran then i think maybe there's something deeper going on maybe it's an indicator to a disease in the heart maybe you're um not maybe you're not as devoted to the cause as you thought you were mm-hmm. or maybe your repentance needs to be renewed right maybe your commitment to Allah needs to be renewed um, if you don't taste that sweetness and instead you're still finding you know sweetness in the like you're finding pleasure in the haram actions exactly basically that was a balance because that I think was really important yeah yeah because I think as we the more we purify our hearts I think naturally we start to um, become averse to the things that disobey Allah I think that's what's supposed to happen. So I think he's saying that if that change of heart hasn't happened yet, then maybe your repentance hasn't gone as deep as it should have. And there's something that he mentioned 
a few pages ago that we discussed as well, where you know you have the capability to train your nafs so that it seeks the hereafter rather than this world. We're seeking the hereafter yeah. as if it's something that is out and happens later. But I mean, the pleasure of Allah, I should say, in this world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what it is. That if is your nafs being trained enough where you're finding disobedience is more enjoyable. And that is where you're like in that really shaky spot that, wait a minute, I think I need to come back. And so both of the things mm-hmm. are important, that the sweetness and goodness and then sweetness and disobedience. Like where is the sweetness? Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes if you are struggling, like you're really struggling, right? Like, okay, you, you don't like the haram, the disobedience, but sometimes you still find a little bit like hesitation. Kinda, I'm not really enjoying it as I want to be enjoying it. And so it's like, don't don't give up yeah. on yourself, you know, just just know that. Just, just look at the repentance once more, like you said. Come back towards it and see how deep it really is, inshallah. Mm-hmm. It was like a hopeful thing for me, this quote. Yeah. And also like sweetness and disobedience kind of a little bit scary because I don't want to, I don't want disobedience to be sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah. This, this, this feels yeah. really bad. And I, we can all yeah. relate to that. Sometimes it's like completely useless. We're like, oh yeah, this is fun. I don't know. Should it be fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read the, the next quote we have? Okay, let me see. Um, yeah. Turn your states to the opposite of what they used to be. Instead of staying awake at night in disobedience to Allah, stay awake at night in obedience to Allah. After inclining towards worldly-minded people, turn away from them and be devoted to Allah. After listening to their speech, lend an ear and listen to the speech remembrance of Allah. So I think this is very um, practical, right? I think he's outlining very practical steps on what to do after you've repented from your ways. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like it. Yeah, it's a kind of like a blueprint. Turn your state to the opposite of what they used to be. It's like just turn around. Instead of that you were staying awake and doing X, Y, and Z, stay awake in this. It's kind of like, you know how they talk about habits? Change your habit. It's like if you're doing this, do that instead. And do this, Mm -hmm. do that instead. And and then he also says, you know, after listening to the speech, you lend an ear and listen to the speech in remembrance of Allah. So it's like just, it's a habitual change. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. later on, he also, I think, a little bit talks about how to become, what are the, the pathways you can take, what are some steps that you can take. And that's one of the reasons, I think, why I really like this section, because I felt um, it was definitely more practical that in, in a sense of, okay, this is what I can do right now, compared to before, it has been like, okay, this is how I think, this is how I feel, this is what I aspire to be. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what you need to do, and you can do it. I think it's, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to move on to our next section. See, I told you it was small. <laughs> the next <laughs> section is on knowing Allah. And the quote we wanted to share with you is, He has ordained for you health and sickness, affluence and poverty, happiness and sadness, so that you may come to know him by his attribute. Didn't we already share this, Shaheen? I mean, I think it's similar to what I said before, but I had like an additional thing to add. I think I was just saying kind of like when Allah gives us like hardships, he does it so that we can get to know him. Like, when we're when we're sick, we get to know him as a shafi, right? The one who cures. And then, you know, when we're when we're lost, we get to know him as al hadi, the one who guides. And I think each one of Allah's names, like we we find it when we're looking for it, right? When we're sinful, then we want his we want his forgiveness, and then it brings to mind who he is, right? When we're heartbroken, um, then we remember him as al jabbar, the one who puts who mends things and puts them back together. And it's just so beautiful. Um, like it's like for every situation that we find ourselves in, there's like a, an attribute of Allah that that corresponds to that. Mm-hmm. 
And if we if we weren't to be in that state, then then we wouldn't seek Allah in that way, and we would never get to know Him in that way. Wow, that is so amazing, actually. Yeah, that reminds me, you know, sometimes yeah. they say about the Sira, the Prophet Wasallam, they talk okay. about, like, if you go through some difficulty, he has gone through it, too. Like, that. I think that's been, like, proven. It's like, you go through that, yeah. he's gone through it. And so that kind of makes you closer to him as well, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I, I can feel more of a connection with the Prophet Wasallam because I have okay. also experienced it, he's also experienced that. And so that reminded me of that as well. Like, how would I know, how would I know this specific attributes of Allah if, if I don't even get to... I mean, not that we want to seek it, right? Not that we want to be miserable or go through difficulties. But if it does, and that is another way to know Allah. Yeah. It's like, oh, exactly. yeah, Allah is also this. Oh, of course. You know, and that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do want to know him. I want to be near him and, and I want to meet him and, you know, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. That's really beautiful. I actually love that. And I noticed that in the second uh, the quote that we have in this category, we also talked about mm-hmm. it. And I'm interested to see the unknowing Allah perspective that you have on this one. And this quote was on page 30, as we discussed before. Be with mm-hmm. Allah like a child is with his mother. Whenever his mother pushes him away because of the child's own bad behavior, he throws himself all over her because he knows that there is no one else to turn to. So I'm excited. Um, I think I just put that quote in that uh, section because what it reminded me of is like, um, I think when people sin, the one of the biggest traps of shaitan that they fall into is that now I have to go away from Allah. Like they think they feel so guilty that they feel like they're going to be hypocritical if they're following, like if they're if they're basically um, still like trying to pray or, or wearing the hijab and like shaitan comes and whispers to them, oh, like you did this, like you know, you, you, you're not a practicing Muslim anymore, like you shouldn't be trying anymore. And their sins actually take them away from Allah. But the, like the, the example of the child, like even though the child is being pushed away from the mother, mm-hmm. like he keeps going back to her. And we're not even being pushed away from like Allah never pushes us away. You know, it's shaitan who's pulling us away from Allah. And we listen to him and we go with him. But Allah is like, you know, like, it's like the, that quote uh, that's all over social media. They're like, if you find yourself far away from Allah, who moved? Mm. Right, like, like Allah's not one. Like Allah's never leave, lets you go. Like as long as you're a believer, Allah's always there. So if you're finding yourself moving away, it's your, you are the one who's moving away. So I think like, it just reminded me of that. I think it's kind of like a pitfall of shaitan that we should be aware of, and just kind of like, basically like when we commit a sin, we're supposed to immediately after do a good deed, like the Prophet told us. Like he, when he said, um, follow up a bad deed with a good deed. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a very practical way of prote- protecting people from falling off the path. It's 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 a way to not let your guilt get the best of you mm-hmm. and, and not to let the whispers of shaitan in. Like as soon as you commit a sin, just immediately repent and follow it up with a good deed. And and it's inshallah when that becomes a habit, mm-hmm. like it, it will be a protection from falling into despair. It's kinda like the uh, in psychology Pavlov, right? In which he's training the dogs. It's kind of like that, you know, eventually you get to a point where let's say that you were accustomed to a habitual sin and and then you're like, you know, connecting it to that good deed, you know, over and over again. Eventually you'll be like, oh, yeah, let me just do good deed instead. Let me just like skip that step where I feel horrible and let me just do the good deed instead. So that becomes your habit. Exactly. Yeah. So that is so beautiful. That's really lovely. I like how you put them together in the category. Um, and then we have one more quote to share just for this one on page 33 and it is you only need to treat yourself in the beginning and then when it tastes Allah's grace it will come willingly 
When it tastes Allah's grace, it will come willingly. Then the sweetness that you used to experience in disobedience, you shall in turn find it in obedience. This is kind of like the, the the final quote, and I think it is so hopeful. And I really liked reading it, and I felt like there is hope for all of us to experience this sweetness. It's not only meant for certain people. Like we can do this. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to this quote? Um. I think we talked about, I think earlier we were we just talked about this idea a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we were saying that like um, this whole, this whole like journey of, 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 of purific- purification of your heart, like it seems difficult at first, right? And you have to like pull yourself and you have to like work hard and you have to like grind and you know, like it's really hard. But once your, once your soul like tastes the sweetness, mm-hmm. you can't live without it. You're going to want to do it on your own. Like it's not going to be a struggle anymore. Yeah, I, say, yeah I, think, I think you mentioned some, yeah, how that's the, that was the good news, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about it. That, you know, th- that, oh, it's so hard for me to to wake up and do this at night. Or it's so hard for me to choose this instead of that, right? And, uh, yeah, let me, like we were watching earlier, right? Like, let me leave that group of friends who want to watch a movie and go pray mm-hmm. instead. Like that can be a really difficult thing. But the thing is, it's not going to be difficult forever. Like it's going to come to a mm-hmm. point where it will become so natural, not only natural, but it will become enjoyable. Right. And that's something that yeah. I'm looking forward to, to go to a point where I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't even care about that movie or that. Right. Like this is enjoyable. <laughs> like I want this instead with my whole heart and I actually mm-hmm. sincerely want it and I don't even mind what I'm giving up for it and and I was like well, yeah this is possible this quote really made me feel that way yeah I really like that thing you said that you don't mind you don't mind what you're giving up for it because um I think that's kind of the key actually when you said that like um I think I think the way people approach um acts of worship right mm. I think when you're when you're um in a state where you haven't really trained your heart yet and you haven't tasted the sweetness of worship yet, you're, you kind of think to yourself, I have to do this. And you think of it as a sacrifice that you're making. Mm. But I think the, 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 the deeper you go on the journey and the more you purify your heart, um, you'll, it, it's not a sacrifice anymore. You, you want to choose it. You, you will choose it over everything else. Yeah, it reminds me of of uh, food things, right? Like when you're getting on a healthy food journey, you're like, oh man, giving up the cake is hard. Giving up this is hard, and eventually you're like, I don't even want the cake. Like it literally exactly. gets to the point where like, I don't even want. The-. And then you see the bad about it, you know? You're like, oh yeah, super sweet, you know? And then you begin to notice those things. It's kind of like that. That even something yeah. that you would enjoy so much, literally you're like, I don't even want it. Like I don't even care for it. It's yeah, so exactly. beautiful. I hope inshallah all of us get there. Um, very soon and so closing closing our discussion for today and that's something that we have been doing our takeaways and what are the the takeaways from this and I feel this is I don't know I don't know if I have a specific takeaway yet because normally I'm like this is what I want to do now and this one I felt I don't know I just felt hopeful in mm-hmm. this in this reading even though there were some points where i'm like oh my like in this section there was a lot of um what is it called like examples like i felt examples over and over, over. like you were like this this is like this you know like we're like a carcass and things like that they were all over this section but then there was also this idea mm-hmm. of hope and knowing how beautiful it could be if you were to know allah and uh, you're like what you said i really love that that every struggle that you're going through is actually giving you another opportunity to know allah in a different way 
And I just really, really love that as well. What are some of your closing remarks and takeaways for that, Shane? Um, I think I, I did I did find a lot of hope as well. But for me, I think it was more of a reminder of the the like keeping close company and a good good company. I mean, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes I feel like we fall into like this thing of um, like oh I'm on this journey to Allah. I don't need anybody. You know, it's just me and Allah now. Like you know, and I I I know that I myself fell into this trap. But it's simply not true. And like my, my spiritual mentor once told me, he was like, um, we need each other. Like like we as believers, we need each other. And like um, as like us as seekers, like when we are on the path to Allah, we need similar minded people with us because we can't we can't do this alone because shaitan goes after the one who's alone, you know, mm. and we, we might think that we're strong, but literally he can come from anywhere. Like shaitan can come through arrogance. He can come through desires. He can come through. Um, even isolation, like just just anything, you know, he has so many doors and so many traps. And that's why we need each other so much to remind each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's kind of the lesson I've been living right now um, in my personal life. Like I just I feel like the more I surround myself with good company, I'm reminded of what I need to do and what I what I'm not supposed to be like doing. And, you know, the good company really helps you. It just because sometimes you, you do find yourself maybe making a decision that is not too smart. And if you have company next to you, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? You know, like kind of calling you out on it. Like, this is not like you. Why are you doing this or something? Mm-hmm. And they can really help you. But if you if you continue to seek people who are just like, as they say, yes, men, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. This is great. Live your life. You only live once. It's all yeah. right. Like, it's kind of like, sure, you yeah. can you can have that company, but that will affect you. That will definitely affect you in the long run. And something to mm-hmm. remember about Shaitan is that he's not in a rush. He's never in a rush. He's like, you know what? As long as you're alive, he's like, I have a chance. And so if he has yeah. to wait five years to veer you away from something because because he notices maybe that little seed of something in you, then he's going to wait and work on it for five years so that it yeah. will explode. So it is so important to have that companionship. People are like, hey, that's not like you. What are you doing? And then you listen mm-hmm. to them and you value them because you know they're actually good people around you. Exactly. exactly. That's a really good. So basically, in a way, I feel like, and I've said that before as well in, in my personal things, like you know evaluate yourself the people that are around you and see hey are they really serving me or am i just with them because they make me feel good you know and good companionship does make you feel good but it's it's more of like a wholesome good Mm -hmm. right you're with them you're like oh i feel good overall but the the shady companionship or an okay companionship is like they just want to say yes to everything i say and that i think is very as as uh, you know as an influencer influencer position it's really difficult because like people show up in my DMs and they're like, oh yeah, this is great. This is awesome. You're doing, you know, like you get so much positive thing and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes it feels uncomfortable because mm-hmm. no one's telling you, like no one has yet told me on in a, in a beautiful way, you know, has yet yeah. told me that, hey, I don't think this is right. And I, and I know there's no way I'm not doing something wrong, right? And so it was, well, one of the person in person was you, actually. You were the one who were like, hey, earlier that we met, the first time we met in person, you were like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm noticing all this in you. And I was like, all right, let's talk about that. So, and that has been super <laughs> Wait, rare. What do you mean? I don't remember that. Um, well, I don't want to invite everyone into that conversation, but it was like, 
it was the first time you met and you were like hey uh this was your social media profile this is how things were going on Sunna living and then you were like i'm feeling a little bit different these days this is not something that i saw earlier so it was that oh i remember that yeah so it was kind of like that right like this is how you approach that and that's really hard to find and i have not seen a person pop up in my dms and say that be like hey by the way i don't know but this didn't seem very right so yeah but i think that, i think that's because you're doing good work mashallah like i don't think you're doing anything wrong or anything like that inshallah so. I, I hope that is the reason but i mean th- that's we don't know each other online that's i think that's one of the things like we don't really know each other and so yeah. and so it's really important that your company is always good it's just so so important because you can have yay sayers and then you don't mm-hmm. even know where you're going in life i think that's what i really meant to say here for that okay one. yeah, yeah. So this was the end of our episode three. Thank you very much for joining us. As we shared earlier, you have all the information on more about Kalima Book Club on the pages that we're, get, we're reading and on the show notes and all the quotes in the description. And remember, you can always find us on a podcast as well. So if you don't want to watch us, don't have time or whatever's going on, uh, this episode is going to be available as a podcast. And so you can look for that. All the links are available in the description and on our website. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.